You're listening to the Food and Fitness Podcast Huddle. In today's mini episode, we reflect on last week's episode and talk about our personal goals. We are your hosts, Jess White, Jackie Vandertoon, and Dave Marshall. So goals are something that we find trending throughout our podcasts, whether it be fundraising, business-related, or personal. In past episodes, we have shared our personal SMART goals. So let's take some time to discuss our progress. Um, So Dave, I'm going to start with you. Can you share um, what your SMART goal was and then where you are with it today? So um, our goal, so my wife and I, we wanted to walk uh, a thousand kilometers uh, for the year. Um, So we're at 1322 and a half as of uh, Sunday. So that's good. Um, So that's super exciting. And uh, we're very happy for that. We're going to we were going to do 15, but I think we're going to do like, I don't know, 1750. Uh, we'll see what happens. Do as many as we can. Uh, then that'll set a baseline for next year. And then the next year after that, and see uh, if we can continue to, to improve. Uh, so we're super excited about that. We now planned a vacation in September to go and do more hiking. So everything just seems to be revolving around it recently, which is, uh, which is really good. And uh, something we're both kind of thrilled about. And that's what people know of us now. You know, people are like, oh, yeah, I saw that you guys went hiking here. How was it? Or I found this Bruce Trail book from uh, like the 18th edition and now they're on the 30th. They're like here. And I was like, oh, thanks. So yeah. it's uh, it's exciting now that that's what we're known as. We used to be known as a food guy and now I'm known as the hiking guy, too. That's awesome. So I just want to I'm just curious. Um, do you guys plan your weeks out in advance so that you know which days you're going to go hiking or is it just like fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing? Like if it's nice out, you'll, you'll go out. So we'll do like small walks, um, between like work and dinner, um, or like with the way that the weather has been this last week was really hot. Um, we would just go after dinner, uh, and just try and get in as a couple K here or there. So sometimes up to five, uh, which is, that's how these things add up, add up right? Um, but then on our weekends off, um, I'm usually off Friday, and then we're off. Uh, or I'm off every other Friday. We have Saturday, Sunday off. Um, so we'll try either one to do a big hike or two medium hikes on that weekend, and then the weekend that I work the Saturday, the Sunday will usually go for a larger one as well. So Dave, I have questions for you. So smart sure. goals, so specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. Uh, you are very specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, you measure it. How do you measure your distance traveled? So we use uh, an app called Strava. Uh, so basically what you do is you just turn it on and it tracks uh, with GPS. So it's kind of nice when we're in remote places and you don't have cell signal, it can still track you. Um, some people are scared about being tracked all the time, um, but for us, it's nice because you can map it out. Uh, you know, kind of where you were when you saw this kind of cool thing. Maybe you hung around there. So you, they also shows you like your elevation and your um, speed. So yes, kilometers are kind of important, uh, but it's not like we walked a thousand kilometers flat ground. Like it was, we did a lot of elevation. So that's something that maybe a lot of people don't take into uh, account when they're just asking for total numbers. And it sounds like it was attainable because you actually exceeded your goal. Yes. And when you started, did you think that this was a realistic goal? No, I 100% did not think that we were going to be able to do a thousand kilometers by the end of the year. And hindsight, 
Um, obviously you can. So what does that tell you about achieving this goal or achieving goals in the future? What do you think? Um, for me, I've always, doesn't matter what goal it is. Um, if I'm planning on eating a whole cake, it, you have to eat it like a slice at a time kind of thing. Right. And that's for me, how I achieve my goals is I take them a little bit at a time, a little chunk here and there. So that's why those five kilometers between um, dinner and work, those have added up to let us achieve where we are. And it's not like we were going to just do one, a thousand kilometers start to finish that. That would be near impossible. Um, there are some bizarre people who've done the whole entire Bruce trail in very small amounts of time. Um, I think they're crazy, uh, but, or extreme athletes, but there's no way I could ever do that. So for me, uh, taking a little bite out of it here and there every time, that's what made it uh, obtainable and realistic. And we were able to do it in a short amount of time. And was it something that you were able to fit into your life? Yes, because we, um, if we just started walking and hiking this year, probably not, because I think it would seem too much um, and feeling like you'd always have to do like, oh, we'd have to break it down into 110 kilometer uh, hikes or something like that. Um, but because we were doing this in oh, we're 2021 now, yeah, 2020 and 2019, um, we were already walking and hiking before it made it it made it easier uh, to fit into our lives. And because we were doing smaller bits, you could fit it in here and there, wherever you wanted to. And you know, we'd plan weekends away or be like, Hey, we're going to drive an hour North and do this. Or, you know, we want to do the different section of the trail. So we would park two cars. So one at the top, one at the bottom of the section wanted to do and walk down. So. I love the yeah. fact that you keep saying we, the pronoun we, meaning your wife. Yeah. Um, is that better, worse, or it doesn't make a difference that uh, Joe joined you on this journey? I don't think I could do it without her. Um, a lot of the time, like, people are like, oh, that's so romantic. You guys go walking and hand in hand and talking. I'm like, no. Like, sometimes, like, we won't talk for 10 kilometers just because maybe the trail's difficult. Um, a lot of times we go because we've had a difficult week and we just kind of needed to decompress it's nice to know that that person is there um but we're not having 10 kilometers worth of conversation um and uh we make fun of each other openly like on hikes um so that kind of helps it as well but uh we're there for support like moral and stuff you know we both bring bags and uh for my diabetes supplies and then lots of water supplies so you know, we pack ahead of time, make sure that we have lunches. It's something we do together. Uh, and I, I have one more question for you. Sure. Sorry, yes. um, what's the benefit of doing this? What uh, benefits have you seen, I should say? So I've been able to do kilometers better, uh, which I think is huge. I mean, it's not such a struggle um, to walk a kilometer anymore. Or if I see a hill up ahead, I'm just like, yeah, okay, I think we can do this. Um, you know, there has been some weight loss, which I'll take, um, better control over my, uh, blood glucose levels for my diabetes. So, um, less fluctuation and stuff. So that was, that was actually probably maybe the most difficult part was trying to figure out how to eat, um, figure out my insulin levels between and before every hike. So 
um, that was the hardest, most difficult part because sometimes your blood sugar would shoot sky high and my legs would be seizing up um, because they're cramping because my blood is so thick with sugar. Um, and that was that was maybe one of the worst hikes we've ever done. Like my blood sugar, you're supposed to be between four and seven crash course in diabetes. You're supposed to be between four and seven. And I was at like 16 when we were hiking. Um, and I'm thankful for my glucose monitor because you can always, every two minutes, it tells me what my blood sugar is. Um, so yeah, I took a little bit of insulin and then it started to come down and I started walking faster and better as my blood sugar was dropping. And sometimes if I'm tripping on stuff that I shouldn't be tripping on, or maybe I'm walking further ahead than Joe is or from Joe, she's like, check your blood sugar. And usually it's like on its way down. So those are kind of little tidbits we can find out as well. Mm. And what about cons? Um, cons. I have like four pairs of shoes now. That's weird. Like I, <laughs> that's bizarre. I would spend money on things I didn't think I would ever spend money on. Um, stupid injuries. Like uh, my foot has been bothering me since uh, last week uh, when we went hiking. So that's kind of annoying. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I wouldn't really say there's too much to be cons on. I, I usually like to look at the more positive things anyways. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Jess, how about you? So I don't really know where even to start because this feels like a whole other lifetime ago. Um, so back when we first started talking about SMART goals, I had never set a SMART goal before. So I just, and I was also going through a lot of health issues. So I decided to make a nutrition dietary change um, that I felt at the time was kind of required to just get some of my, um, the triggers that I was getting from food just kind of under control and figured out. So my SMART goal back, way back when uh, was to get, and I actually don't even remember, I should have written it down what like word for word what it was, but it was something along the lines of, I'm going to write down, oh guys, do you even remember? <laughs> I think he was trying to figure out your trigger foods. Yeah. He was definitely trying to trigger, figure my trigger foods out. And I think it was by um, trial and error writing and I was going to do that by writing down what I was eating every day like in a food diary and if there was any recipes that I really enjoyed I'd also write them down um and I was planning on doing that I think within a three-month time period is what I said so it was definitely trial trial and error I'm really glad I did it um I don't know if it was the best smart goal per se um, but I am glad that I stuck to it and I did it for the three months because I really did figure out what my trigger foods were, but it was also with the help of like a doctor a naturopath and a dietitian. Um, so definitely would not recommend anyone try to figure out all of these issues without the help of your doctor. Um, but I am, I am glad I did it. I figured out what my triggers were, um, at the end of the day, it comes down to, um, I'll, I've been very honest with everyone during this podcast. So I'm just going to share, uh, what I found is it's anything with gluten, anything with, um, lactose and anything with red meat. So that's a lot of things. So I'm really glad that I stuck to, um, writing down the different recipes because that's helped me figure out different things to try. And it's in the whole spectrum of nutrition, I've really opened 
up my eyes and stepped outside of the box in a lot of things because I definitely used to be like a meat and potatoes kind of person. So I've tried a lot. Um, and then that was, I think, let's say the end of April was the end of that three months. Then I decided over the summer that I was going to also take some time um, to focus on reducing some of the stress in my life. And I was planning on spending at least 30 minutes every day for one month um, doing something that reduced my stress, whether it be go for a bike ride or a walk or do yoga or meditate. And I was going to write that down in my book just so I can kind of keep track of what I did and what days. And I did that and I continued to do that over the course of this summer. Um, and it has also helped. So I'm kind of, sim a lot of the symptoms that I was having before uh, I started these two SMART goals have really reduced. So I think it's definitely nutrition and stress has changed uh, a lot. Um, we'll see what happens when school goes back. But for now, everything is uh, nice. <laughs> I'll leave it like that. It's, it's a lot better. <laughs> Are you okay if I ask you some questions? Yes, for sure. And so I love the fact that Dave mentioned the pronoun we and that he had support. Um, how do you, how about you? Like where uh, did your family, your husband and your little guy, Bryce, uh, fit into this as well? Because food oh. is hard when you've got family involved. Food is definitely hard. There was some days where I felt like I was making three different meals for three different people. Um, but my family definitely supports me trying to figure out what is going on. But there's some things that, because there was, there was a lot that I had to take out of my diet in the beginning when I was trying to figure out what was causing issues. It was very restrictive. Um, and it's not fair to make a five-year-old at the time and my husband not eat, you know, watermelon and um, some of the simple joys in life. So when I was going through that process, I didn't, they didn't exactly follow the same meals that I do, but they were fully supportive in me going down the road. Um, and when it comes to support, I am glad that I had the dietitian because she, she got it and she was kind of uh, an ear for support there. Mm. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And so with regards to making the goal, um, what have you learned about goal making? I think that I need to be more specific in the future. Because um, when I started, you know, it was all like dream and fantasy land. I'm like, I'm going to figure out all my triggers in three months. But real reality, some people never figure out what is causing them issues. Or, you know, they, they can figure it out, but they just can't cut it out from their diet or there's so many ifs and buts. So um, I definitely wasn't realistic either. Um, I, I did it and I somehow stuck through it, but maybe I got a little lucky. Um, who knows? Maybe, maybe it is because I, I, I cut everything out and was I was very strict with what I was eating. And I think that out of anything, the food diary really helped because I could refer to that and you know, some days it was like, I felt like I couldn't eat anything. So I looked at the diary and I was like, oh, but I can eat this. Um, so that, that was really helpful. So you had to put some extra work in. Yes. Like yeah. it wasn't just mm, to think I ate potatoes. Not sure. Like yeah, you actually exactly. had to document everything down. Everything. Yeah. How difficult was that? Um, at the, the first couple 
days. Um, I struggled because I would do it at the end of the day and try to remember everything that I ate at the beginning of the day. Um, but as time went on, um, I just kind of carried, I have it here, my little book. I carried my little book with me everywhere. And it was just, I, I felt like at the time I really needed it because I would write down what I was eating. And then if I had any symptoms that would creep up, I would write that down with the time, because I really needed to figure out if it was something I ate that was causing me issues, how long did it take for those issues to happen? Like then I could figure out what, what foods were actually causing the problems. So I think I figured it out as I went that you do need to just keep it with you, write down um, everything. And it does seem a little over the top, but it was only the two, three months that I did that. So in the long run, um, if it helped me figure out what I can and can't eat, I'm, I'm really glad I did it. That's awesome. I know that I've been doing like some food elimination diets over the last couple of weeks as well. It's like kind of similar to yours. Um, and as a diabetic, I was always, always reading the nutritional facts um, that came with everything. So like, you know, calories, carbohydrates, fibers, my, the most important thing I was looking at. But now um, I've learned a lot about what is or isn't in some foods. And that really opened my eyes. Did you kind of find that as well? You're like something that you think that you should be fine eating. And you're like, Oh no, this has like, so like for me, it's corn, like corn, my body, apparently we are not friends at all. Um, yeah. but I would, I would look at things and I'd be like, I would never think that corn would be in here or corn starch or corn syrup or anything like that. Uh, wheat. So wheat is one thing that I, that I, I just, my body will not digest it. And it is in almost everything. Yeah. One thing I've noticed is if you look at the ingredients, um, there's some things and you'll really notice it when you're shopping at certain stores, they'll have a large, like gluten-free sticker on it. So, you know, that that's, that doesn't have any wheat in it. But if you look at the ingredient and it's also priced like three times the amount of the other things that are right beside it that aren't gluten-free, that don't have the huge gluten-free sticker, uh, Oreos, I'm talking about you. And then um, <laughs> the, uh, there's other items that if you're looking at the ingredients, it doesn't say any mention of gluten-free and it has a very small gluten-free or wheat-free um, just right underneath the ingredients. So the ingredients is one thing that I, that I really focused on. Um, when I was going through this process, but not so much nutrition facts for me, it was more the ingredients. And I tried to find things that had real ingredients that I could pronounce, um, no dyes or anything like that either. Just like solid. If you were to make them at home, these are the things that you would put in them kind of thing. For me, it was, uh, also like the hidden names of something like, you know, it, it says wheat, but if you call it something else, it's still wheat, but it doesn't say it's not spelled with the same letters. Right. And those are always the difficult things for me to find out. Yes. Yeah. And especially as a diabetic, people will be like, Oh, it's no sugar added. You can have it. I'm like, Oh, it's not the same as sugar free for, for me. Yeah. 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 Really have to look at that back label just to see things that I never did before. I would just you know, open up that pack of Oreos and demolish it. But now I have to actually realize like, oh, okay, I'll just make my own cookies and they will taste even better. But yeah, it's something that I'm definitely more aware of now. 
So as we wrap this up, I think Jackie, uh, you're the next one to go. And I know that you had a smart goal that you uh, wanted to accomplish. And I think that this is a very important conversation to have, uh, especially with our audience. Um, Sometimes goals aren't achieved and there's no shame in that whatsoever. So Jackie, what was your goal and what happened? Yeah. So my goal was, was to run 50 K again. So I did it last year and I was just going to do it again. Uh, September, I even had the date, September the 11th. I had wanted to go. So when I started this, I was hoping to run a race in Michigan and my husband ran it and it was so much fun that I wanted him to experience crewing. And as things were on, were rolling out, I was like, I'm not going to Michigan. I don't feel that it's safe. You know, vaccination rates were hmm, not sure. We had only been single vaccinated at the time. And so I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to do a virtual run. And um, I struggled doing a virtual. I thought, oh man, I I don't want to spend... 50 kilometers by myself again. Uh, I really enjoyed it the first time and I had plans. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, last time I reflected each year of my life, what I was doing. I was like, okay, this time I'm going to reflect where I'm going to be. So when I'm like 51 to hundred, each kilometer that went by and I, I tried doing it and it was really hard to forecast where I was. So I didn't have kind of a mental plan on how to do this. Um, because running 50 kilometers is not just physical. It's, a, it's mainly mental. Um, and then I get injured and that was my fear starting off is I was going to be injured. Cause I, as I get older, I'm more injury prone and I push through and I push through and I push through and, um, I just couldn't cause I wasn't enjoying it anymore. I, it was painful. Like I'd get up the next day and I could had difficulty walking, because my Achilles was so sore. And then my hips started to become sore. And so I had a conversation with myself and said, really, this isn't, this isn't realistic. And on top of that, my husband also got really injured. And what does he have to do with this? Because like you, Dave, um, when he would go out for a run, I would go out for a run. We wouldn't run the same pace. He would go his trail, I would go my trail. But it was the fact that, that we were out there together. And I had a little conversation with myself and it was actually uh, a former guest, Tracy Stewart. She kept running through my head and, you know, she said, if there's no joy, then why do it? And I thought, there's no joy in this for me right now. Cause I'm, I'm pushing into something that I'm doing it because I said I was going to do it. I told a whole bunch of people I was going to do it and that's why I'm doing it. And I just said, it's not healthy for me. Um, and I want to get back to being enjoy again. So luckily I have a great group of friends. We did a lot of mountain biking this summer and I loved it. And so, yes, I'm still running, but I'm not running, you know, the 15, 16, 17, 18 kilometers that I was, I just do six. And I, and I say only, but I shouldn't say that I'm doing six, seven, eight, nine kilometers and I'm really enjoying it. And I do it you know, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, I run with a group and then I'll throw another day in there as well. I mountain bike on, on uh, Fridays and Sundays with my friends. 
And exercise to me is becoming more joyful again. And I was losing that. I was losing the joy. And for me, I was really disappointed with myself that I wasn't able to accomplish this goal. So I um, ordered, and I can't see myself on the screen, but I ordered a little metal thing and I posted, put my medals up. And I'm like, you know, and it says uh, she believed she could, so she did. And I have done it, you know, and, I, and those are some of the medals are not all because I threw some of them out, but I demonstrated to myself, I have done it before. And um, that's there to remind me that I have done it, but I want the joy to be number one. And so it's been a really good learning lesson, I think, for our listeners as well, as sometimes we set goals, but sometimes there are things that happen, life happens, and that's okay. Um, I still intend to do another 50 next year in person uh, at an actual race. Cause I think for me, that is critical. Um, and so my hope is, is that life opens up in the next year, September, I guess it'll be 12. Um, I'm going to be in Michigan doing a 50 K and if I don't, it's okay. Yeah. That's my story. Uh, I've, I've watched some stories um, and stuff where you talk about athletes and when they retire is some is sometimes when they find the most joy uh, in their sport because they're not competing anymore. They're not doing it for someone else. They're doing it for themselves. Um, and it sounds like maybe that's maybe what you found um, this year, which is uh, awesome. But what's something that you have learned by not accomplishing your goal? Um, that it's okay. You know, and, and uh, failure in my life has never been an option. Um, you know, I very, very rarely will I look back and say that I failed in something. You know, I started doing a PhD and I, I, I didn't even fail at that. I just stopped doing it for numerous reasons. I don't sit well with failure. Um, and this to me, at first I said, oh, I failed, but I really didn't. Um, I learned something more about myself and I took back the joy. So is that failure? No, that's actually growth. And so I think for me, learning to enjoy and appreciate and going back to, I trail run. And why do I trail run? I trail run because I love the beauty. But sometimes, and I start off every run and I say, you know what, if I hike it, that's okay. That's okay if I hike it, the whole thing. I never do, but I give myself permission to do that. Uh, I, yes, I do wear a watch and I try not to compete with myself anymore. I try not to shave um, time off like in Strava. If you do segments, it'll place you in your PR and I don't pay attention to that anymore because um, it doesn't matter. And when I do start thinking about that, I have to push it back and say, what if I don't get a PR today? It's okay. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not fast anyways, but um, it's relative to me. And I just want to enjoy it again. And that's what I've taken back. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, if anything, it's important to be kind for yourself. Know your boundaries. Play within them. Um, and I think that all three of us have time that we can start to think about what our next goal is and what's going to drive us in the next little bit. Um, but until next time, we'll talk food, we'll talk fitness, and we'll do it together. Thank you for watching and listening to this week's episode of the Food and Fitness Podcast. 
Join us next week when we sit down and talk to local naturopathic doctor Danielle Marshall Don about naturopathic medicine.